for tuning in to the 195th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane. As always, I want to thank you all for tuning in, whether it be via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, whichever podcasting app you are listening to me via. Going to have a great pod for you today. Going to have Scotty, my brother, Scotty Johnson. Haven't had Scotty on in a bit. I think a couple weeks going to Talk some NBA action with Scotty. Gonna kind of just talk about the first couple rounds of the NBA playoffs with Scotty. There's been a lot of big news. Kind of we know all the controversy that's going on in the NBA with Giannis. We also know the fact that Steve Nash was just hired by the Brooklyn Nets. So definitely look forward to having Scotty on. But first, what I do want to get into, I do want to talk about, I do want to get into the Steve Nash thing because Twitter was a firestorm about a week ago when this happened. I think it might have been on a. Thursday? Uh, Thursday, Friday, something like that. And, you know, Stephen A. Smith is trending on Twitter because Stephen A. Smith invokes the word white privilege. And then everybody's like, this isn't white privilege because he's saying Steve Nash is white. You know, he's privileged because he's white. He, that's how he got the job. And it kind of just starts all this stuff. And I, I will say I do reject Stephen A.'s philosophy on that. I, I would wholeheartedly disagree with that. But I'm still not a fan of the move. And here's the reason why. For any of you that have ever played sports, right? that have been a parent, uh, a teacher, a coach, right? At, at any level, anybody can relate to this. When you're dealing with children, and let's say, you know, Kevin Durant, Kyrie, the Nets, they're full of children, and you're the coach, you're the leader, you're the adult. Some people can deal with problem children, some people can't, right? Not everybody can deal with the kids that come from bad backgrounds, and they're cursing all the time, they're doing all this stuff. Not, not every teacher can do that. Some teachers, because it's style, right? Some teachers, they're better off, you know, being your friend or, or they're better being the disciplinarian. We hear this in sports all the time. Andy Reid is the player's coach. But you want to know what? You don't want Andy Reid coaching the Florida team back in 07, 08 with Tim Tebow when they had guys like Aaron Hernandez on the team and they were doing crazy stuff, right? You don't want a player's coach for that. You, you want a Nick Saban, a disciplinarian. The coach has to fit the structure of the team. When your parents, mom and dad, you have a play date with the other kids, some kids can't come because you want to know what mom and dad don't want to deal with the other kid that's going to be running around, not listening the whole time, and it's going to be more work, and it's going to be something that tires them out. Steve Nash worked with the Golden State Warriors. That was really his only coaching experience. And he was like a consultant kind of in a, as a coaching way. It seems like he was kind of a mentor with uh, guys like Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. I think he might even work with Klay Thompson, guys like that too. So th that was his role. So it's not necessarily like he's on the bench, right? And it's something most people didn't even know. So it, it, I assume it's more of a, you come in on practice Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you're working with these guys. And that's the difference. Let me explain this to everybody. That's the difference between being a really good assistant coach, really good head coach, and a really good volunteer coach. Like, right? Like, we all know there's, like, the head coach, the assistant coach, and there's a volunteer coach in high school, right? Yeah, the volunteer coach. The coach that, you know, might have a full-time job someplace else, has a wife, has kids, can't be there the whole time, but he just comes around because he loves the sport that he's around, the, the, the sport that he's coaching. So he wants to come in whenever and, and works with the guys. And that's kind of what I see Nash as with, and, and with his role with Golden State. And... When we see that, you know, <laughs> when we see Nash do that, that's not necessarily you're the guy that's making adjustments, right? And everybody loves the assistant coach, the volunteer coach, the assistant assistant coaches. Everybody loves them, right? You come in, you're probably talking a little bit of crap with the players, right? Get a hard workout. You're not the head coach. You're not the disciplinarian. You're not the one that has to tell Kyrie he's being a baby or tell Kevin Durant he needs the man up. Or when Kevin Durant's in one of his mood swings or Kyrie's in one of his mood swings and Kyrie's talking on Twitter about something idiotic like the NBA players can start their own league, even though they can't because it makes no sense, right? When stuff like that is being said and going on, you're the coach, you have to be like, okay, okay. 
come on, Kyrie. We, we can't do that. You can't be Kyrie's buddy all the time now. You have to be, uh, you have to have a balance. Good cop, bad cop, right? You go over Uncle Joe's house, Uncle Joe's nice all the time. But when you live with Uncle Joe, right, and Uncle Joe's your dad, he has to play the good cop and the bad cop because you're around all the time. Sole authoritative figure. You have to control the whole locker room. Now, Steve Nash isn't just dealing with the elite players helping making them better. He's dealing with guys like DeAndre Jordan, who maybe he's mad because he's not playing. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. And then there's a lot of politics now that Steve Nash has to do. Steve Nash, when he was a volunteer coach, was not going to press conferences. He was not having to do sideline interviews. He was not having to meet with the GM and the owner to say, okay, this is the state of our franchise. That's stuff that can be a little bit annoying, right? It's not that you just focus on basketball. It's kind of like how star athletes are like, you know, we just want to focus on sports, right? We don't want the media kind of criticizing us every time we do. We do something. But you want to know what? When you're an NBA star, when you're a quarterback, when you're, when you're a star professional athlete, people notice your every move. Like, there, there's certain political uh, politics you have to do. After practice, you might have to go to a three-hour uh, sponsor shoot or whatever for a commercial. That's a little annoying, but you kind of have to do that. You have to go to your press conferences in the NFL after your games. You might not like that in the NBA, MLB, NHL. You have to go to your press conference. Steve Nash is going to have to meet with the GM. Have to meet with the owner. He's going to have to deal with the media in New York, especially if, they, if it starts out bad. People are saying, can Steve Nash do it? Can he not? Steve's going to have to deal with all of that. And people made the argument to me, Daryl, Steve Nash, great coach. I mean, great, great player, two-time MVP, the master of the seven seconds or less Phoenix Suns offense with Mike D'Antoni, right? Mid-2000s with Amari Stoudemire, Sean Marion, Quentin Richardson, went to a couple conference finals. There was the year with the Spurs where they should have beat the Spurs, but Amari and I think Boris Diaw, they all got suspended, right? But, again, difference between being a player and being a coach. Kind of like I said with the parents teachers, right? You can be the guy's buddy when you're the player. Right? You're just one of the guys. You can go out drinking with the guys. Maybe you can go out smoking with the guys, right? You can't really do that when you're the coach. You have to distance yourself. There is now a certain responsibility and status you have to maintain. Right? As the authority figure. And not all coaches who played, who are good coaches, and, the, and the, uh, who are good players, great players, Hall of Famers, end up being good coaches. Good coaches, right? Magic Johnson was a coach, a head coach. He was crap. Jason Kidd was a head coach. I don't think Jason Kidd was all that good. Tons of examples, right? Larry Bird, he's one of the few that was an elite player and ended up being an, a, a pretty good head coach. But it doesn't happen. It's usually guys like Steve Kerr, Mark Jackson, guys that were role players. Doc Rivers, role player. Those are usually the guys that you see have success. It's a lot harder for you to see the Hall of Fame or the elite star that's good at coaching or at the managing level. It's very hard to see that, and you don't see that. You don't. So that's just my thoughts on the whole Steve Nash thing. I do hope it works out, but I... I wasn't a fan of the move, and I think Ty Lue would have been a much better coach considering the fact that he dealt with LeBron and Kyrie in Cleveland, which is something in itself, and Dan Gilbert, and how toxic and uh, much of a clown show Cleveland could be at times, and he dealt with all that. I thought he would have been perfect to deal with the cesspool that could potentially be the Brooklyn Nets. But kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to have my guy, Scotty Johnson, on the show. Kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have my brother, my guy, Scotty Johnson. How you doing, Scotty? Doing good, my man. How are you? I, I can't complain, Scotty. I cannot complain. We, we have basketball, right? Uh, a lot of good stuff going on. So, Scotty, the first thing I got to ask you is, uh, it, it's really interesting with COVID going on, 
And uh, for those of you who don't know, this was kind of like the first week colleges started back up. So I really wanted to get your take on this, Scotty. What was your first weekend of freshman year like? I don't think I could talk about it. (laughs) You cannot talk about it, Scotty? Yeah, I'm sorry. I got to disclose it because my first weekend of freshman year. Can you give a mind-blowing story? Can you give the PG-13 version? Uh, make it a, eh, not right now because I ain't going to think. I haven't thought about it. I really haven't. I try not to think about it because it's, it's a lot it was a lot that went down. I don't even think I stayed on campus for the weekend. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. Scotty. Yeah. Okay. So, we have the Bucks who have lost to the uh, Miami Heat. Milwaukee is going home. So, obviously, the first thing, everybody's talking about this. Is Giannis leaving? That's a good question, bro. Oh, I'm ready for that. Um, I think... With all these things that happened, you know, within, like, the decade, within the 2010, 2020, between, like, this the decade, we've seen a lot of, you know, a lot of players take control and they pass and careers and they get to choose and dictate where they want to go. And, you know, Giannis is, he grew up, you know, watching the same things we watch, same players we watch, you know, so it's easy. It's easy for us to say that, like, it'd be easy for me to say that, like, I think he is based on what I saw. Like, but to be honest, bro, I don't know. Giannis doesn't strike me as the player, like, to do that yet. I think he'll stay a little bit longer. I, th- I think eventually he'll leave. But if he leaves now, that'll really, like, it'll surprise me. So, like, I have to say, I don't, I, he doesn't strike me as the player that would leave. But it's so fickle nowadays, bro. You never know. These people, they change their minds. Like, they're human. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they go through stuff. Sometimes one moment he might, he might, what he might, didn't even consider leaving. But it might be a time where he does. So, like, with today's league, it's kind of hard because they dictate, the players dictate it. And here's also my thing, too, because of how Giannis grew up. Giannis is foreign-born, so it's not like LeBron's boys with Dwayne Wade, guys like Carmelo Anthony, Chris Bosh, Chris Paul, and they can kind of all talk, like, over the summer when they're hanging out with them and all their wives and the kids are playing together, like, we want to do this, or Kyrie and Kevin Durant are buds, and they're like, we want to do this. Like, who, does Giannis even have a friend in the NBA where it's like either that he would be on vacation with and they'd be talking, they'd be like... How about we do this and team up? Well, like, does Giannis even have somebody like that? Because Giannis is the guy that doesn't want to practice with guys like LeBron and KD because he's like, I, I want to get better by myself. I don't want to give tips off to the competition. Right. Right. I mean, but I feel like that's far as, like, working out, though. I do think, like, they still talk. Because you guys are saying they still got All-Star weekend. And you can best believe, you know, like, they, they throw their pitches to each other, like, during that little time that they're together, so... Like you said, though he he is you know not he's not he's foreign, so his you know his upbringing is different. He stands on different things than the rest. So I can't wait to see how it unfolds, man. I don't know, but if I had to give a bet, I I say he stays. Give me a couple places that he could go to if he does. If he does leave, yeah. that's a, I mean I don't know like Miami. Got to state. No, I think he can't go to Miami. Not after this series. If he go to Miami, I did Well, I can't say that because <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So, KD, like, I don't know. I don't know. I can't. I can't see him going to Miami though. I he go to state, and that's another thing with Giannis, bro. Like I don't. I can't see him like with anybody else. Houston, but they can't. They only have the money. Toronto's gonna have a lot of people off the books. They have Masai. Toronto's an international town. I can see that. I can see being. I can see him being in Toronto. That could be a good fit, especially with how the way they play. He fits that like. He fits that personality. He fits that style. Nick Nurse is a good coach too, so I like that. I, I can't see him in Boston. I don't see him in like a city like Atlanta. Lakers. No, nor the Clippers. It's out of here. Nor Dallas. Can't see it. I just can't see it. How about the Seventy Sixers? Him and Joel Embiid. 
That's interesting because they're they're going through something right now. They don't know who they're going to go with, with either Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons. So that would be that would be interesting. I, I that'd be another one. If I say Toronto and Philly, I like those two. Those if, are probably the only two legit teams I can see him going. If you're Milwaukee, because here's the thing too, the teams now are they're, they're probably going to be some trade offers. If uh-huh. the 76ers offer the Bucks, well, they say hey. Giannis might not be playing here. You might not get anything if he leaves. How about we give you Ben Simmons, a guy who just came out. He was all defensive first-team NBA. We know all the things Ben Simmons can do. And, you know, the, the potential with Ben being a star on his own team is tantalizing, right? How about we give you Ben Simmons and maybe they can throw in another player and a pick or something like that and work out the salaries for Giannis. Do you do that trade? Now, why? Because could, could Milwaukee get anything better than Ben Simmons? From Philly, probably. No, not. no, from any team. They probably could. They probably could. I mean, if they got any other better offers, yeah. But, like, I but, mean, but for example, like, who, who could Toronto offer that's as good as Ben Simmons? Or as the potential. Like, there's only so many guys. There's only a few. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, I mean, look, that's a good one. I, right. I, if they offer that, I feel like you have to think about it. You would have to think about it, but I, I probably wouldn't. I mean, I probably wouldn't bite on it at first, but I definitely have to sleep on it. Because, like, yeah, they might, they might not be the type of caliber. Like, they might be different caliber players, but does he fit the system? You know what I'm saying? And think about it. If I get Ben Simmons, right? And that's like, and I'm and I'm getting him for Giannis, correct? Yes. So like, that's basically the same thing I just traded for, just less talented. I feel like, you get what I'm saying? It, like, for the Bucks' perspective. Yeah. I basically got the same type of like, you feel me? But also, Ben Simmons just signed a contract. He's locked up for like the next five years. Like he can go nowhere, right? I won't. I mean, but I personally, me personally, I won't feel to try to keep them together and try to win with them together because I think they can do it. It's just the coaching. But as far as that trade though, I probably would bet on it because if I'm trading, if I'm like Ben Simmons and Giannis are kind of like similar. Giannis is just more longer, more like I feel like stronger and more like knows how to get to the rim and, and like has a more confidence in his jumper mid range. Or just jumper, period. You know what I'm saying? So, like, and I feel like Ben Simmons is probably just a better playmaker. Which, that could probably help, but, you know, like, in the long run, because he's going to have, like, a lot of shooters and a lot of, you know, shot makers around him. But you're basically you're basically getting the same thing, you know? That's true. And I was also wondering this, too, Scotty, when you mentioned Giannis is a different type of guy, just the way he grew up in Greece. Do you think he's the player, because, right, when Carmelo wanted out of Denver, he let everybody know. When Chris Paul wanted out of New Orleans, he let everybody know. When Anthony Davis wanted out of New Orleans, he let everybody know. Remember when Dwight Howard went out of Orlando? He let everybody know. You, you think yeah. that Giannis would be like, listen, guys, I'm requesting a trade. Here, here are my teams. Or do you think he would maybe do kind of the LeBron method? Deny, deny, deny. We'll, we'll figure it out in the offseason and then leave. I mean, if he, I mean, if, usually when they say that, they mean they're leaving. <laughs> huh. But I, I think he's going to go with more than, if he does leave, I think he's going to go with more of the LeBron approach. I don't think he strikes me as, like, the type that would just be like, yo, he'll let, to let, like, the media got, the media get to it because he doesn't strike me as the, you know, he's not the type of player I feel like that, that likes the media the way other players like the media. Or, you know, you get what I'm trying to say, like, that little relationship with media and players, so. I think that he he probably he probably go to LeBron way, probably deny it, or even like not even just deny it, but like just you know try Ignore. to play, try to hide it, hide it, hide the hide the truth a little bit, you know, play around, you know, make it a little spicy. But that's but he say that though, just you know, like not to come from a bad place or like not to like just lie to the people, but just to you know make sure 
he's not, you know, he's because you got players that's what I like to call people, pe- people's people. Like they're for the people. You know what I'm saying? And Yann, I feel like Giannis is those players that's for the people. Like he doesn't try to like bull them. He tries to like for the most part be fair to it. I would, com- I, I would completely agree with that. Now, so Giannis, he did not have the best showing in the postseason. And neither did the Bucks too, Scotty. Like, they're playing the Magic, and it's five games. And when I'm watching them play the Magic in the first round, I'm just like, these are two bad basketball teams. Like, and then you see Miami absolutely just destroying the Pacers, and they're just like, okay, this is going to be interesting. And we just saw Miami just kick the Bucks and Giannis's golden tail. That's kind of what happened, and I it exposed a lot of Giannis's weaknesses. He can't really shoot threes. He can't shoot mid range. He can't shoot free throws. Uh, he refuses to guard the best player on the Heat and Jimmy Butler. I don't know why. Uh, just where do you think Giannis can go from here in terms of like improving? I still think he can get better because I've watched James Harden get better every year. The more Heat, the long he's he's been in the league. So I feel like he can get better. It's just, you know, he, he's still young because he's only 26, like 25, 26. Let's not, let's not get that, you know, twisted. He's still young. And I think that he's he's now entering his prime. He's now getting, he's now getting into it. This is, this is his adversity, you know what I'm saying? This is his hump. But, I mean, as far as them getting exposed, look, hey, man, it happens. Miami did, you got to think about it, bro. They had, they coached LeBron James and D-Wade, two of the, like, best, like finishers in transition, like in the history. So like, they know how to guard, like the the trend, like you know, like the lane. They know how to clog up the lane in transition. That's exactly what teams used to do to LeBron, and that's what Miami did. You know, they have they have whoever checking Giannis guarding face up, and whenever he takes it to the rack, it's going to be someone to help, and it's going to be somebody to recover on that first pass. Like they're going to rotate quick, and that's the thing. You got to be disciplined to run it. And, like, the teams who ran it against LeBron were teams like the Boston Celtics, the San Antonio Spurs, and the Golden State Warriors. Like, great teams do it. You know what I mean? And Miami is a great team. And you got to tip their hats off to them. Like, they did expose them, but I think that he can get better. Like, this not the, you know, this not the end. Like, this ain't the end of all stories. I, does, I do think he'll bounce back. And he'll come back, maybe, hopefully he'll come back with a man and healthy because he did, you know, get hurt. So, hopefully he can stay healthy. When he when we did Scotty our I think we did our top we did our top twenty five players uh for the NBA postseason. I, Giannis was third on my list. Was Giannis second on yours, if I'm correct? Yes. So where does Giannis go now after that performance? Is is he still the second best player in the world for you, Scotty? Yeah. You would have really. So you take him over Kawhi still. Probably, yeah. Only because that's still like, and that in game, what was that? The game he got injured, bro. He had nineteen points in like eleven minutes. He got hurt, playing hurt. He got that while playing hurt, and then he got hurt. Like he even made it worse. You know what I mean? So, oh, you know, like it happens, bro. Like it just happens, and then it's the bubble. You know what I mean? Like they ran into a team that just wanted it more, more than they did. They got exposed for it. And they didn't even get exposed, but it's just like, by Giannis being so ball dominant, and by him having shooters, it's like the LeBron effect, bro. They don't know how to create for themselves, but they can. It's just by Giannis having the ball a lot, it kind of, it's hard for them to catch rhythm. I think, that's why he doesn't play. They play, like, kind of better. And also, too, and I heard uh, Bill Simmons mention this point, and I thought it was really interesting. Maybe we look at Giannis the wrong way. Like, maybe we think of Giannis as kind of like this guard wing guy, kind of like a uh, LeBron, a Kobe, a Kawhi, guys like that. When really, Giannis is a big man. He's seven foot. He's Shaq. Like, Giannis and Kevin Durant, who's on the perimeter shooting things, like, Giannis is Shaq. And maybe what Giannis needs is he needs that second option that's a guard that can take over late in games. That can calm the storm. And, and, you know, kind of how Shaq, Shaq was so dominant, yet Shaq needed Kobe. Shaq needed Penny. And maybe we, we think Giannis is Kobe and Penny when Giannis is Shaq in the equation. You, do, you, do you think there's validity to that? 
that maybe we're looking at Giannis all wrong into, as opposed to what we should expect him to be? There might be some validity in that. Validity in that. I mean, we we'll just have to see how you know how it plays out. I mean, he doesn't to his to his credit, he doesn't have like a, a Kobe Bryant or like a Penny Hardaway. He just have a he has a great supporting cast, and you're right for the most part. I want to say he's a big man because he can dribble, like you know what I'm saying, like he can like. He can't dribble well for someone that's seven feet, and he can move. But I don't, I don't know, man. I think I think he's just he's just in that state. He was in that adversity, you know. He's at that point in his career where he's, you know, he just won MVP. He's been a perennial All Star for like the past like three, four years, maybe more than that. And like it's, you know, we're starting to see like because now more teams, you know, other they got other players in the league now that won't. But the same thing he's chasing. So now it's like it's like it's like a constant I don't say like a constant battle, but I guess like now now he has competition. LeBron left the East. Like now it's you know, it's just it's on him, you know. And I think he can get better, but as far as him being like compared to a big, I would still say he's like a freakish like he's a part of this this new generation that's, you know, positionless. Or, or you know? maybe he's more Anthony Davis. <laughs> Say that again. He's Anthony Davis. Maybe, yeah, basically. He's they Anthony Davis. But you don't just win it by yourself, bro. You need great players on your team to win a championship. I don't care, like, if you got three, four, three, four, five, six, seven, eight All-Stars. Like, you got to do whatever it takes to win, bro. Like, that's just that's just the NBA, bro. Like, you got to run with who you want to run with, you know? So, there's reports that potentially... Chris Paul could be traded to the Bucks, And I haven't really looked at the particulars of how they would do that. I don't know if they'd be able to keep Middleton in it. But even if they did get rid of him, and I don't even think they'd necessarily want Middleton. They'd probably just want assets and picks, right? That's what kind of OKC wants is they're looking to kind of rebuild themselves. How, how do you think Chris Paul would fit into the Bucks, And do you think that is the move that the Bucks need? To salvage this whole Giannis thing? Because the Bucks need to make changes. And I think you would agree with that, Scotty. Like, they can't go back in with the same team. There has to be some type of change. Okay, so do I think the Bucks need Chris Paul? That's the first question? Yes. Not, I mean, I was having a debate about this with a friend the other day um, about Eric Bledsoe being the starting point guard for the Bucks. Me personally, I like Eric Bledsoe. I like what he does. You know, I think he made second team on defense. I like I like his heart. I like his tenacity. Like even if he's not scoring or not, you know, playmaking or not even playmaking, he's playmaking. Like if he's not scoring, he's not just out there running around. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like they wouldn't need it. They wouldn't really need a Chris Paul. Do I feel like they'd benefit from it? Probably because Chris Paul is a one heck of a player, and you know he's a he's a season well seasoned vet. They just let OKC to the playoffs. They didn't even. Ex- project that they didn't have those predictions at the beginning of the year so they overachieved because of Chris Paul so I don't think it necessarily like hurt him it wouldn't necessarily hurt him but I don't think that's like a trade that that would that they would do right now they already have a point guard that's younger I think Chris Paul is better than Bledsoe Scotty I'm not a I, I'm not I'm not on the Bledsoe train he, he can't produce in the playoffs I mean yeah, Brogdon he, was better they should have kept yeah, Brogdon but then again, if you get Chris Paul, bro, that's less ball movement around the perimeter that you have, too, because he's so ball-dominant. And most of your players are shooters. How are they going to get a rhythm if the one person has the ball, he's on the gym, and he can do a shot, or as if it's out of, like, you know what I'm saying, if he's running out of time. I mean, the only way he's passing is he's running out of time where he ain't got no shot, like, choice. Well, to he's me... He's so ball-dominant, he affects the pace. Well, Milwaukee, and I'll ask, this was my, the second part of the question, Milwaukee can't go into next season with everything looming in terms of what Giannis is going to do. Because, to me, if the Bucks flame out again in the second round, Giannis is gone. Like, I, the, the Bucks have to make a move. We have ran this back. We They ran it back twice. Right? I mean, you can even argue the year they lost the Celtics that they had a lot of the same players. We've seen this team. We've seen this team grow. To me, there, there's really not another level to me this team reaches. You could fire coach Mike uh, Budenholzer. I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I thought he did an atrocious job coaching. 
And right. we talk about Giannis getting exposed. Spolster exposed Budenholzer, right? So, right. or are they going to make a trade somehow? Like, or maybe Giannis just becomes that much better and makes another jump. But to me, like, if you're waiting on all that, to me, you're just losing time. Like, I, I feel like they, they need another star. They need another player. Yeah, I agree. They're definitely one piece away from, like, being that team. It's obvious, yeah, like you said, it obviously shows. Like, they got a coach. They got a play. They, they, got their, they feel like they got their manhood taken away from them, in a way. You know what I mean? And, like, I feel like Spokes, Spokes doesn't get enough credit for, you know, for being, like, a great coach. Because he's, like, the only one. That's the only team where LeBron left, but they didn't be as bad as other teams, you know? And, and, and Scotty? People always say LeBron's never played for a great coach. Eric Spolcher's a great coach. <laughs> Eric Spolcher's a great coach. Put some respect on Eric Spolcher's name. There's a reason Pat Riley picked him. Exactly. He was he was there before LeBron, and he's still there after LeBron. Put some respect on Spolcher's name. Yeah, we got two rings out of it. So like, and yeah, I couldn't agree with you more though about the coaching. The coaching did it did show. That you know, but I feel like Budenholzer didn't get exposed because he's always been a regular season coach. He's never—I don't think he's never gone to the finals. And, and Scotty, the things that disturb me is one: you have the whole Giannis thing. You have the Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Have Giannis guard Jimmy Butler earlier. At this point, there's nothing working. He is the—he's Defensive Player of the Year. Ha- have him guard Jimmy Butler. What is the harm in trying that? They just neglected to do that. And then secondly. He doesn't play Giannis 48 minutes a game. Right. Scotty, here's my... Th- Giannis is 25, 26 years old, like you said. He is young. He is healthy. He is a top-tier athlete. He has breaks during timeouts and commercial breaks, Scotty. And during halftime. He can go the whole 48 minutes. He can go the whole 48 minutes. Yeah. T- to me, he can... Listen, there's been times where LeBron's had to do it. Kobe's had to do it. He's the MVP. That if you're gonna say that's what we need from you, that's what you're gonna have to do. Particularly when you're you're losing. And then also another thing too, as a side, I don't understand why they didn't make more of an effort to post up Brook Lopez when their offense wasn't really working. When Brook Lopez for such a long time was one of the best post players in the NBA. Like these are just things I think of when a coach is making adjustments and nothing's working. But Budenholzer got exposed. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have anything to say too much because, like, there's nothing, like, I can't defend it, you know? It, everybody saw what they saw. And, you know, it's crazy. Like, Bulldozer always have, like, a top, like, defense and a top offense, like, in the league. Like I said, he always been a regular season coach, you know? He just can't get it done in the playoffs because the Milwaukee has a solid team. I don't care what anybody say, but their team is not bad. But they have a solid all-around team, bro. Oh no, they do. I love like guys like Divincenzo. They're they're good basketball players. Yeah. And like, I feel like as far as like Giannis, bro, I feel like because it be games where he played, he played like he played all of it. But then you came, bro, because he's so big too, bro. And ever since that injury, bro, like I don't think he's gonna be the same, bro. I hope, like, I hope he can bounce back, but me personally, I don't, I don't think, like, I don't think he's going to be the same, bro, because after, like, he had got hurt the first time, bro, during the, um, the first couple games, bro, he, like, he, he played on it, he tried playing on it, and then, like, once, you know, like, something happened on the court, like, he couldn't, like, you could tell, like, it bothered him, like, you could tell, like, he wasn't moving, like, how he was, like, in the first couple games. Wait, so you think... This injury is never gonna go away for Giannis. Nah, like I don't think he's, I don't think it's gonna be the same. I hope he can bounce back though. I hope I'm wrong. So, oh, okay. I, we we got a we got a hot take, a hot take by Scotty here. Giannis might never be the same. So, you mentioned this right? Miami took away Milwaukee's manhood, and, and Scotty, that is such a great analogy. Because that, that's exactly what Jimmy Butler wanted to do. Like, Jim, Jimmy Butler is the is the type of dude that he would ask out your girl in front of you and say, what are you going to do about it? 
That, 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 that's Jimmy, though. That That is Jimmy. When you talk about stripping your manhood. Yeah. That, that, that is who he is. But Man. that's the thing, though. It wasn't just Jimmy, bro. It was the whole team, bro. That whole team is like that. No, I know. Like, bam, uh, Tyler Hero. And it gets to me, it's like, and I tweeted this, kind of the new culture in sports, and, and even particularly the NBA, right? It's instant gratitude. It's, you know, the AAU culture. Me, me, me. Uh, let's form super teams. And Miami is just a perfect example. If you work hard, you don't complain. You trust and listen to your coaches and the people put in place. Put in place for you to succeed. You will be successful and win. Like, and if you're like, like just old fashioned, and that's what they do in Miami. Jimmy Butler is not the was not the most talented player on that court. Yet, they are beating down Milwaukee. They are beating down Milwaukee. They are mentally tough. Like, you have guys like Dil, uh, Dylan Robinson, Duncan Robinson, the guard. He was a Division three basketball player. Yes. He, didn't, he, 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 he didn't get to the NBA by, uh, nobody gave him a job. Tyler Hero, a dog. Jay Crowder, a man. Bam Adebayo, a man. Like, like. I imagine, Scotty, like, their practices are just, like, there's almost fights all the time in their practice because they're all so competitive. They actually had a, um, it's a YouTube page called Slam where they interview, like, maybe, like, three, four players, sometimes five from the team, and, like, they, like, talked about that. They had Bam, Jimmy Butler, and Tyler, and they practices do, like, be lit. Like, if Jimmy, if Jimmy say something to use, like, on the court, best believe they're gonna, he's going to get, like, they're going to say something back, and he knows that. Like, that's why he likes that that culture. You know what I mean? Like, it's culture. And Miami's a very, very... And Chris Bosch was on J.J. Reddick's podcast, and he said, like, they're very good at picking people who know somebody who fits that culture. Like, that's their... That's the talent. That's their, like, blessings. Like, they're very good at finding people who fit their... Fit the personality. It's like their personality, like, fits, fits the culture. It's crazy. And it's almost like... They're practice, and I imagine because it's always like there's an old saying, and if anybody's ever played sports, you want to practice hard, super hard, so you're not tired and you're kind of prepared for the game. Like, like that, that's just what I imagine for Miami. Like, I, I, I do imagine that when you talk about this, like Jay Crowder gets a block or something in practice, then he's getting in Jimmy's face, and then Tyler's getting in his face, and then Robinson's getting in his face. Like, they're all just like it's like iron sharpens iron, and I truly believe they thought they were the better team of the Bucks. Like they weren't worried about the Bucks one iota. <laughs> they I mean, just that's... oh, go ahead. They just did what they were supposed to do. I was about to say that's where it starts, bro. Believe it. You gotta believe it. You know to to achieve it. If you don't believe it, you can't achieve it. They actually believed that that they was you know the better team, and it showed. That's hard. And quite frankly, too. I think Jimmy Butler believes he's better than Giannis in his head. I mean, I don't agree with that, but I think in Jimmy's heart of hearts, he thinks he's better than Giannis. I mean, to be honest, but if you think about it, as far as skills, he might be. He can do more, technically. That's true. I mean, that's true, and I just... It's just the Miami culture, and it just... It's kind of always like when people wonder why Miami's been so good for years, why the Spurs have been so good for years... Yes. It's it's very simple, and it's the reason why not to rag on Cleveland, but why when LeBron leaves Cleveland, Cleveland disappears. Like when you have people in positions of like work hard, don't complain, be tough. Like these these are things that everybody can do, Scotty, because th- these guys aren't the most talented. Right. They're just dogs, and I think my I don't know how you feel about this. I think Miami's live in this. Like, like, how do you think they would match up against the Raptors and or the Celtics? I think they'll match up well. They got shooters, bro. Like, and that's another thing, bro. Like, they have they have dogs, bro. But they have legit shooters, bro. They have shot makers. They have Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Andre Iguodala, Myers Leonard, Kelly Olynyk, like Jay Crowder. Like, they have shooters, bro, and Honestly, think that they can they can legit make it. They can get past one of those teams, bro. Next round, bro, and go to the finals, bro. And that'll be wild if they do, bro. 
because I feel like if they go to the finals, but they're not gonna lose. <laughs> Jimmy would be like, "Oh hell no!" Yeah, bro. Like that. I don't know. They, there's no other team in the bubble that's playing that hard, bro. That's playing like that, bro. Like even the Lakers aren't playing like that. Like they playing inconsistent. So are the Clippers. Play hard and they don't exactly both of them. So yeah, like I'm scared of. I'm scared of Miami, bro. They scared me. I know, and I just love it too that they ask Jimmy about because you know some players are starting to bring their family, their girlfriends on, and Jimmy's like, "I don't need nobody with me. I'm here on a business trip. I've been without them for one month. I can deal without them for two more months." <laughs> like, real talk. Like, I'm here to play basketball. Like, that is what I love about the Heat, and they remind me of a college basketball team. Like, they have a uh, J- Jimmy's. You know, Jimmy's the senior that came back. Uh, for his last year, you have Jay Crowder and a bunch of other guys. They're like the the other seniors that will never have a chance to play in the NBA, but they're just good college yeah. basketball players. Don't do them like that. <laughs> and, and then you have uh, Dylan Robinson and, uh, and, and Tyler Hero, and, and, and they're the freshmen that everybody's like, oh, these guys weren't recruited, but they're pretty good. That's definitely how it is, bro. They're definitely built like a college team. You know, it's crazy, bro. Like I said, I was listening to the Chris Bosh, the Chris Bosh on the JJ Reddick podcast. They have like what's called like a, they have a conditioning test, bro. And if you don't pass the conditioning test, you can't play. Go to training camp. Yeah, I I I heard it. they said it's legendary. It's like it's like high school and college, like literally, like if you are not this fit, go home. <laughs> but they but they low key got to be like that, bro, because look what the, the city ain't they in. Pat Riley like. Into a lot of you know crazy stuff because of the players. No, completely agree. Now, Scotty, we're gonna take a quick break and then kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're gonna talk about what the 76ers need to do with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. with Barbershop Sports Talk and we still have my guy, my brother, Scotty, Scotty from the city, Johnson, with us before we were kind of getting into the Bucks. What are they going to do with Giannis? A college experience that for some reason Scotty can't explain. (laughs) Uh, And we got into the heat. Now, we're going to get to the Sixers, right? So, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, they flame out. I mentioned to you earlier, Scotty, about potentially a Ben Simmons for Giannis swap. But what do you in actuality think the 76ers should be doing? Uh, do you think maybe they should be looking at trading Joel? Uh, we know head coach Brett Brown has been fired. What should the Sixers move be? I mean, like I said, bro, like, I want them to try to keep that, to try to at least keep those two together. I uh, try to get like another, um, probably another playmaker, like a guard. And he got to be a point guard. It could just be a a guard that know how to uh, run an offense. And he got to shoot. But like, he can know how to play. Just know how to play defense, bro. Because that's that's what that's nine times out of ten, bro. That's what determines the the, the game, bro. Like. And I feel like the Bucks got it ain't just Giannis too. They they have like solid defenders. So mm-hmm. as far as what's gonna happen in the future, I don't know. Now, I gave you a Ben Simmons for Joel and B trade. I mean a Ben Simmons for Giannis trade. I'm gonna try to one up this one. How would you feel if I said Ben Simmons for Jamal Murray? No, I'm not taking that. You're not? If you're Denver or Philly? If I'm Denver. So Jamal Murray is off the table? Yeah. Scotty's like, nah. We're not doing that. Those are technically, Ben Simmons is technically listed as a point guard, bro. And like, bro, that's that's less shooting than we get. 
I'm giving up a shooter for a non-shooter. That's not fair. But a better defensive player, passer, and rebounder. Yeah, but that doesn't, like, what about everything else? You still got to score at the end of the day. How can Joel and Embiid and Ben Simmons play together? Like, how does this work? I think they can. Like I said, it's just they need a coach. They need a different coach, but because either. Go ahead. Well, well to me, you have two guys. They both need to be in the paint. To me, you don't want Joel Embiid at any time thinking he needs to be shooting fadeaway shots and three-pointers. Like, Joel Embiid should never be staying. And here's the problem. Joel Embiid's a better shooter than Ben Simmons. Like, it actually makes sense for Joel Embiid to stand out and spread the court. But that's not where Joel Embiid is most useful. Like, you need him in the post. But then again, that clogs up the lane for a guy like Ben Simmons who can't make a shot outside five feet or make free throws. So how do you make all of that work? I mean, that's a good question, bro. I feel like Ben Simmons can shoot, though. You just got to pair him with a, with like a, either run an offense that's more, either move his position and run an offense that's more, you know, I guess like that runs him off the ball, that gets him like, you know, like in the paint but off the ball more, I guess. But I don't know, bro. Keeping those two together, bro, like, it's, it'll be, it's, it's going to be hard, bro, because... Like you said, one's a point guard, but the other's a center. But they're both, like, you know, almost seven feet, right? And one can shoot, and the other one can't. One's supposed to be down low, and one's playing up top. It's, it's, it's kind of like, wow, it's wacky, kind of. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's, but as far as, that's why I said they, always need, they just needed a coach, because, like, if you think about it, it's not, it's not bad. It's just... The person who do you have that's enforcing the offense and what kind of offense are running? You know, I, I think they probably need one more piece, maybe a wing, def- maybe a wing, or maybe like a, a uh, not even a wing, but like a a forward, like a small forward or a power forward. They don't need no more big. I mean, a wing, uh, Scotty. That they they had a guy named uh, first name Jimmy, last name Butler. Yeah, but they, they he was gonna leave. Regardless, so they really, you know, they already knew what that was. What that was. That was a travesty, Scotty. They should have never let him go. Yeah, they didn't, but it was gonna happen anyway. They did. Both camps did what they thought was right. <laughs> Man, and one camp was extremely wrong. They got that right. Because ex- JJ didn't even resign me, and I feel like they should have kept J. They should have tried to keep JJ there. Ex- extremely wrong. And also, here's my issue with the Sixers on a side, Scotty. So. It's when you're a professional athlete, it is your job to play sports. So, here's the thing with Ben: it is Ben's job to shoot. Like, there's nothing else you should be doing. And then Joel Embiid. I don't want to let Joel Embiid off the hook. Joel Embiid right. can't play more than five minutes. He's fat and out of shape. Exactly. Like, it is your job to be in shape. Like these people get, and you know, sometimes I don't like when at when people say these athletes they're spoiled brats, they're ungrateful. But no, that that is exactly what it is. It is Joel Embiid's job to stop eating freaking donuts, and to run. And if he can't run because of his knees, you can run in the water. There's a lot of different stuff you can do to get in shape and lose weight. You can eat healthy. Like like there's a lot of stuff you can do. Like Ben Simmons, in the gym all the time. Like 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 these people are getting paid to do something. Exactly. That's like you're at a job. Uh-huh. And your and your boss tells you to do this, and you're like, nah. <laughs> like, how how does that work? It doesn't. So usually it doesn't work out, bro. So I don't know. Popovich's house is up for sale. Maybe he's going to to Philly. Is, is that a good move, Scotty? Popovich. Yeah, I guess. Well, who would you like to see coaching him? Tyron Luke. Why or t- not a Tyron Lue, like a Mark Jackson or somebody. Why t- Why Lue? Or I like Dave Fisdale. Well, Scotty, I don't want to disappoint you, but uh, saw a couple of reports that Billy Donovan uh might get the job. They fired him from OKC. Did not uh, mutual agreed to part ways and not resign. Okay. It's a nice way, I guess, of saying fired. <laughs> A, a, a nice way. A politically correct way. A great PR way. How, how would you feel about Billy? Yeah. 
now like that because he barely he couldn't get Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant to you know so and they're young that's true so I think it's gonna be you know it's gonna be hard so Ty Lue is your number one guy like like he's the guy that you think they need yeah okay we got Ty Lue so I want to go to speaking of coaching hires so we have Steve Nash uh Stephen A. Uh, went off about uh, white privilege when Stephen Nash got hired. But it was really a, a surprise move. I talked about it a little bit earlier in the podcast to open the show. I personally am not a fan of the move. I think the argument that, you know, he was a two-time MVP, super intelligent, I think that's BS. Magic Johnson was a great player. He couldn't coach a lick. Isaiah Thomas was a great player, couldn't coach a lick. Jason Kidd was a great player. I don't think he was a very good head coach. They actually got better, and Giannis got better after he left for Coach Mike uh, Mike, uh, Budenholzer. So how do you feel about the Steve Nash move? Is this good or is this reaching? I feel like it's reaching a little. I mean, I ain't going to say reaching. I mean, it happens all the time. They give they give players coaching jobs all the time. This happened with Derek Fisher, Steve Kerr, like you know, like it happens. But I feel like the only reason why Steve, one of the reasons why Steve Nash got it is because you know he used to uh, he used to um, help KD with the Warriors. You know his time in Golden State. So I feel like that was like a part of it. And then by also him being like a part of the. Uh, by him being a part of the the offense that basically like that changed the pace, you know, because that Phoenix, those Phoenix teams like played like a faster pace than like most of the teams in that, that eight times. So you know, Golden State played the fastest pace in the league in the past couple of years. So you know, like that's where like you know the relationship with KD going. At. And I feel like he, they could Brooklyn could play like a similar style with the players that they got. Especially with like you know Kyrie, KD, Spencer, Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, as long as they keep everybody together, so we just have to see how Steve Nash is as a coach. Like, can he you know like handle personalities? Can he run the offense? Can he you know make adjustments? Can he you know handle the spotlight? Can he handle the pressure of being the you know winning? So like, it's a lot of questions, but only time will tell, you know. But and Scotty, but here's my thing: I'm not saying Steve Nash isn't a good coach, like because and you know this. There's something to be said for being a good assistant coach, or he wasn't even assistant coach. Really what he was is he was a volunteer coach. He was basically the guy that comes in on his own time and works with the best players. I think he did some stuff with Steph too. And that is great, and there is extreme value in that. But that doesn't make you a great head coach when you have to worry about all 15 men on the roster. You have to now deal with BS from the owner and the GM. You have to deal with stuff from the media. You have to now, you're not the guy, you're just working with Kevin Durant on basketball. Now you have to tell Kevin Durant when he's, when he's doing something stupid in the game, or Kyrie when he's doing something stupid in the game, and, and that's a different type of relationship. But no, but he was listed on their coaching staff. Like, he wasn't just, like, working with, like, individual players. Like, he was working with the team. It's just Kevin Durant, you know, players like that, they, you know, the name, like. But he wasn't on the bench. Is I mean, he, I mean, that's what I mean. He wasn't on the bench. Right. Right. I mean, you're right, though, but we don't know. We don't know. But that doesn't mean, you know, like Steve Kerr, like, you know. And also, he was was covering soccer. Exactly. I I mean, to me, it it seems more, and this from the outside looking at, and I have no problem with it. To me, it seems, and there's no issue with this, and there's extreme value in it, like I said. He was coming in, and he's working with, with players. Like kind of on an individual, you know, kind of like an individual coach, and, and but that's not a head coach, right? That that that's not a head coach. Right. Completely different job, completely different responsibility. I mean, not really. I mean, I ain't gonna say as far as like different job, yeah, but it's still the same thing. You just dealing with more personality. That's all. Not everybody can do that, Scotty. Some people are good assistant coaches. You're right. I know, but we got to see. No, I agree. And I thought Ty Lu would have been a much better pick, but don't get me started on that. Ty Lu dealt with Kyrie and he dealt with LeBron and the whole Dan Gilbert mess. 
and he helped the Cavs win a championship. They went to three. Exactly. Stri- they went to three straight finals. I don't know why they passed over Ty Lue. And, and then here goes to my thing, Scotty. Scotty, uh, Steve Nash was hired because of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I know where the NBA is going, right? LeBron player empowerment. But like I told you with the Heat, and this is part of the reason why LeBron left the Heat. Pat Riley runs the show. Like I do not think that. You should let players control every aspect of your organization. I, I I do not, and I personally don't like the Stephen Nash move. I don't think just because he worked with Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant liked him that that means Kevin Durant's looking at it like I think this guy is going to be the best head coach. And Kyrie's like, oh my god, this is really cool. Stephen Nash is the Hall of Fame point guard. Like, I don't think that means they're looking at how it works in all of totality in terms of how he, is he a better choice than the other options. And how does he actually fit as the head coach creating scheme and dealing with everybody? I mean, but as far as like, but as far as like that though, that part, that part of coaching not hard. The part that's hard is just as far as like dealing with the personalities and making them get all on the same page in game. As far as like the play calling and drawing the plays and then situations like, I feel like that. I feel like that stuff not as hard. It's just I feel like. When it's game time, and then when you, when it really is like you know like pressure, when coaches don't make adjustments, I feel like they I feel like that's when they fold. Like that's when they let the pressure get to them. But I feel like as far as like you know, because players make plays all the time, players draw plays all the time. So like that, you know, I I mean it's it's just, I feel like it's the exact same thing with the Steve Kerr thing, bro. He's about to walk into it with a team full of talent. And let's see what he can do with it. He might be able to turn it up because he also played for a coach that, like I said, that ran a different type of style of offense that won. So, you know, I got I, – I agree, though, with everything about the whole Tyron Lue thing. Like, I was going to say that, but I ain't going to say that. No, say it, Scotty. Let them know how they disrespected T. Lou. Let them know. Well, let the people know what they did. Look, p- tell people his resume, Scotty. Because I, I have people arguing me, well, what did Ty Lue do in Cleveland? Scotty, tell them. I mean – First of all, came back from three one, won the championship, and went to three straight finals. Though, maybe like uh, you could say like the regular season weren't that great, but they all, but he made sure they all got on the same page when it was time. You know what I mean? Like it, when it was time to get busy, they got busy. They got to work. So, I mean, I feel like sometimes it's it's a popularity contest with certain things. You know, like they go with who has more of the. Who has more of the, you know, the name? Who has more of the name? But I'm not like I, but I ain't too mad at Steve Nash neither, though. But I do think Tyron Luke could have been, you know, better fit. But hey, let's see. It's interesting. So, like I said before, Billy Donovan, uh, Billy Donovan, former now head coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder. <clears throat> previously, previously before that, he was with the Florida Gators. Agrees to mutually part ways with the Thunder. They're going to go in a different direction. Do you, how do you like, how do you feel about that move? And I, and I know you kind of mentioned a little bit that he couldn't even get KD and um, Russell Westbrook to go together. But do you think it was the right decision kind of parting ways from Billy Donovan? Because I personally think that the Thunder could have kept him around for a year or two longer. Yeah, I think his time was coming anyway. Yeah, his time was coming. <laughs> Even they coached for a minute, though. Since 2016. 2015. 2015, 2016, right. So, yeah, his time was coming, bro. Like, it was coming. Yeah, Kevin Durant, let him walk. They left you a Russell Westbrook. You know, y'all couldn't get out. The, y'all barely couldn't get out the first round, so. They couldn't, actually. They couldn't. <laughs> so, so, this time was coming, bro. I feel like I'm glad I'm glad they put it like that. They didn't just fire him. Like, at least they did it, like, the politically correct way. But I feel like his time was coming. It was coming. He had he had a good run though. But I think with his biggest thing though is is, is um coming down the players during the game, like actual like during the game, you know, like handling like those during the game. He did that good with this group, but yeah, Russell Westbrook, yeah, it's kind of different. I would actually agree with that, Scotty. So. I want to do go to the west side really quickly. So we have the Clippers and the Nuggets 
Here's what Patrick Beverly had to say about Nikola Jokic. Uh, Patrick Beverly said, he presents the same thing Luka Doncic presents. A lot of flailing. He puts a lot of pressure on the referees to make the right calls. Head coach of the Nuggets, uh, Mike Malone, was not happy about that comment. But does Patrick Beverly have a point? Wait, repeat that? What was, what, what was Patrick Beverly's comment? He said, he was t- he's talking about Jokic, okay, Scotty? He says, he presents the same thing Luka Doncic presents. A lot of flailing. He puts a lot of pressure on the referees to make the right calls. I mean, what's the matter? I mean, but I don't get it. What's the issue? Why everybody it, take a big deal? Would, oh, well, Mike Malone. Well, no, I'm just saying Mike Malone had an issue with that. He didn't like him calling out one of his players and saying he's flailing. Oh, okay. I can, well, I can see why the coach is mad, but I mean... Is it uh, true, though? Do you think it's true? It, eh, maybe. I don't know. I feel like for the most part, players, some players just be playing, but it are play, it is players that do that, though. I mean, LeBron and James Harden does that. <laughs> and Luka, I can't even say Luka do it, though, because Luka don't really go to the line that much. He does, but he don't at the same time, so... And the Joker, and you already know how I feel about the Joker, bro. His play style is so, is so his own style. Like, it's weird. But it's, it works for him, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get why the coaches stick up for him. The coach got to do that because that's your coach. Like, that's your player. You got to stick up for your player. But as far as, like, the statement being true, like, I don't I don't, I don't, I don't think there's no truth in it. Like, oh, okay, Scotty. Like, like for the most part, they just be playing. I feel like for the most part, they just be playing. Like players just play. They don't put pressure on the rim, especially Luca because he's young. I feel like more players like James Harden and LeBron do that. So, Scotty, before you said no to uh, Ben Simmons for Jamal Murray, you said that's a hard pass for you, right? Hard pass. Yeah. H- how about? Ben Simmons for Nikola Jokic. Yeah. I think I'm like, I just got him. That's a sweet deal, isn't it, Scotty? Yeah, maybe. But it's, the, but it's the team, bro. Like, my Ben Simmons not taking jumpers, bro. That shit fucks. I mean, oh, I'm sorry. Excuse my French. But my Ben Simmons not taking jumpers, bro. That messes up a lot. That messes up a lot, bro. Like, that messes up a lot. Messes up a lot so much, I almost got carried away. But look, that messes up a lot so much. Think about it, bro. They're trading away shooters for a non-shooter. So you're saying, well, Scotty, let's put this in perspective, and I don't want to hate on them. The 76ers would be better off with another 7-footer than their point guard. Oh, you don't think so? No. Could you imagine Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid together? That would be so interesting. That would be interesting, but I do not think they will win. Because one, don't none of them like to play in the post. <laughs> that would be probably the best way to win. Actually, probably. you might be right. Joel Embiid would be complaining, why can't I bring the ball up? Exactly. <laughs> I, I think Joel Embiid would be... <laughs> And the Joker would be like, well, you need to be in the post. And then Joe would be like, why can't you be in the post? That would be very funny to see their interactions. I would love it. Now, Scotty, really quickly. So, Celtics versus Raptors. Who you got? Celtics. In six or seven? Seven. Okay. Lakers-Rockets. Lakers in six. Really? Yeah. Scotty, I'm feeling Lakers. I'm feeling Rockets in seven, I think. Eh, no, it's not going to happen. I hope it does so much. Okay, Clippers <laughs> Clippers and Nuggets. Clips in six. Okay. Boston, Clippers, Lakers, and the Heat. Who would have thought we would have seen the Heat in there? Isn't the world changing because of COVID? Ha, ha, by the way, how do you like uh, no fans, everything's the same, uh, no home court advantage? I like it because it evens out the playing field. Would you be no okay? 
Would you be okay seeing that as a regular for the NBA? I would, because they play it hard, but other people might not. That would be so interesting. I feel like there's a way, though, we could do like this. I like the entertainment aspect of it, though. I like the bat. I just like watching basketball, you know what I mean? But other people like the, you know, the entertainment aspect of it. But, and that's all right. But I would like it. But I feel like if they do that, though, they might lose viewership because everybody, you know, don't like that. Well, Hooper's Hoop, Scotty. Scotty, thank you. <laughs> thank you for coming on the podcast. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah, no problem, bro. Thank you. And once again, I want to thank Scotty Johnson for coming on the pod. And once again, I want to thank all of you for tuning into this episode, the 195th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.